Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm Liz Wilson. I am Christoph Defoe. As we all know, midterms were last week. While some results are still rolling in, we won't know some for maybe another month yet. I'm looking at you, Georgia. It's clear (laughs) that this election defied all expectations. Today, Defoe and I are going to talk about these results, discuss the value of hope, and how we can keep pushing for progress. But first, I want to remind you that if you like our show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays at noon Eastern on all the major podcast channels. Also, be sure to check out our sponsor, Cannibal & Co., located in downtown Jersey City, and shop cannibal.com. We're grateful to Cannibal for sponsoring our show. Hey, Defo, how are you doing? What's going on with you today? Oh, boy, what a week. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been a lot. There's been a lot going on. I am ending a new job literally like the day after recording. We're recording this episode um, and uh, starting a new job in about a week or like 10 days or so. And uh, I've been at the same job for eight years. I really love my job, actually. And um, it is um, and I or at a minimum, I love the people that I work with. It's a Mm -hmm. really it's a really especially my little team of six. Um, We've been together a very, very long time and we've done a lot of work together. And and it's just super sad. But I think the main thing and and I guess this is more the point is. Just this shift, you know. You and I talk a lot about the emotional component of things, right? And the challenges that come along with that. So it's not just changing jobs for me, right? It is also like changing my whole life, like changing my and jumping, like sort of stepping off into this new untested experience. I I did the best I could to vet the job that I'm going to, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. to make sure that it wasn't a bunch of assholes, to make sure that (laughs) the hours were reasonable, to make sure that the pay was reasonable, um, given the amount of work I'll be asked to do. Um, And I think it's a good fit for me. Uh, But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really scary to, uh, to, you know, change Change, it turns out, is really, really scary, Liz. Um, it turns out it's very, very scary. And, like, you know, one of the reasons why I stayed at my job for so long, too, this job is so long, is because, you know, and I, I it, it's a sort of, it's not like a sexy, fast-paced lawyer job, right? I don't work at, I used to work at a big law firm and did what was, I guess, technically, like, people think of as like, oh, big law doing cool lawyer stuff. You used to have stuff. a sexy job. Yeah, I used to have a sexy <laughs> job. And I don't have a sexy job anymore. My new job won't be sexy either. And I and I pick these jobs specifically because they don't, they're not client facing, right? They they don't they don't require me to, frankly, to engage directly with a system that I don't kind of like that much. <laughs> um, but I have to participate in it. And I think that is and and look, I'm grateful to be able to do it. I'm grateful to be able to have a job and to be able to work honestly, like and to be, be able to make a decent living. I'm not I'm not saying that that's I have a problem with that. And I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, you know, it's like, um, I'm also happy to have a job that doesn't require me to sort of lean head into the capitalism thing that I can, because we talked about before, right? We all have to participate in this system, right? And there are better and worse places to do that, I guess. Anyway, that's sort of what's on top of mind right now. Mm -hmm. And of course, the politics that we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but how are you? I'm pretty good. I was just saying to you before we started recording that there's a lot of sickness in my house and there has been since early October. 
but that's just, you know, the kids have been away. They were all between uh, lockdowns and masking. We avoided a lot of viruses in the last three years. So everyone's getting all the things now. So it's a lot, but I'm healthy. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I, I started running again. I have a goal. I'm going to run a 5K <clears throat> in a month. Oh, boy. Ooh, yeah, but it's good. I, I think it's helping with my my general um, state of well-being. So, yeah. You know, so what's me. you know what's okay. funny is that I yesterday went for a run and I and I Yay. thought of you specifically because <laughs> I remember recently you were saying, oh, I went for a run. And I was like, I never go for runs. I, mm -hmm. I, I am not a runner. I don't even have running shoes. Like I put on like basketball shoes. I also don't play basketball, <laughs> but I for whatever reason, I have basketball <laughs> shoes for like... <laughs> <laughs> from like, I don't know, like 10 years ago. And I was like, well, I guess these are the shoes I'm wearing. So I put uh -huh. them on and I, you know, um, and I went for a run and I was like, oh my God, look at me. I'm going for a run. I'm like, one of those people who like goes for a run. <laughs> I felt like really good about myself, you know? And, I, and when I got back and, you know, I, I set the bar very, very low. I was like, you know. Because you should have. Like very, very low. I'm like, look, I'm just going to, we have a, like this sort of park out there and there's like a track that mm -hmm. goes around. I'm like, I'm going to go once around it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And I ended up yep. doing it three times, but I only, oh, wow. or, but I only, right. And, and very slowly, right. I wasn't like mm -hmm. running, like mm -hmm. I'm running a 10 minute mile or anything like that or a nine yeah. minute mile. But anyway, just when I'm um, congratulations on the 4k, I think that's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> 5k. Dude. I'm sorry. 5k, 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 5K. my bad, my bad. I mean, I haven't done it yet. I right. have done one in the past. It was pre COVID though. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, I did one. Yeah. I did one too when I was in law school. And back then I was luckily i was in my 20s right so i was mm -hmm. you know and i was completely out of shape i smoked like a pack a day <laughs> and i drank all the time and i was in just terrible shape but i but i was running 10 minute miles and at the end i almost just threw up and died <laughs> at the end and i was like that was awful um but again i don't oh. smoke anymore so i haven't smoked in like 10 years so yeah um. <laughs> yeah isn't that annoying people in their 20s can abuse their bodies and then exactly. just do so and even if it's hard and they hurt afterwards in like a day they'll be fine fine perfectly fine absolutely fine my knee started hurting <laughs> after my run on tuesday and i was like fuck i'm not going to be able to do my thing what am i going to do because it was a little achy right and, you know, that could be really bad when you're my age <laughs> exactly turns out it's fine but <laughs> anywho let's talk midterms wow <laughs> it certainly wasn't a thundering victory for us progressives but we were hardly expecting it to be. However, the so-called red wave, as we all now know, utterly failed to materialize. Woo! With wins in Arizona and Nevada, Dems were able to clinch the Senate majority, which was certainly in question. Georgia is once again headed for a runoff in its Senate race. But luckily now, a Warnock win would just be gravy and would make us less reliant on the ever-frustrating Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, which would be so lovely to actually get things done. Mm -hmm. We lost the House, but it wasn't quite the blowout that we were afraid of. And in governor's races, we had some really fun wins. We had some painful losses, which we can talk about. But again, it was not nearly the blowout Republican victory that we had feared. So I'd love to know how you're feeling about this kind of like goodish news, which feels feels unfamiliar. It really does, Liz. I frankly was 
uh, elated. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we talk a lot about on this show. We have talked, spoken about the importance of celebrating wins. And when this happened, you posted on our Instagram account um, about the importance of, of celebrating wins. Um, you know, I don't have to tell everybody. Everybody already knows, right? That the the historical wins were absolutely in our fa- not in our favor. Not just the historical win, uh, wins, but also. Right, uh, just the circumstances of the economy and everything else, and Joe Biden's approval rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we this is a just it's just a huge win. I mean, my fear was that they would capture the House and the Senate and then just impeach Joe Biden, which they uh-huh. would have, right? And they could have removed him, by the way, yeah. right? If they had, if they, if they were able to pull that off in the Senate, that would have been a very hard thing to do, but. Like the fact that we would even have to go through exactly. that entire process. And look, we're still probably going to have to go through an impeachment process, frankly, just because that is what this party is like. Um, but I, I think that for me personally, the the most powerful element of this really was that it felt like, and this isn't really true, I guess, but it felt like the end of the Trump era in a lot mm. of ways, right? It was just a like stark repudiation of the Trump era. Now Trump's not going anywhere, the Trumpers aren't going anywhere, but he is just even more of a shadow of his former self, right? Mm-hmm. That old classic MAGA stuff is like, it feels like now it's kind of in the past, right? Like, and again, we're gonna have to deal with it. He, he's running for president, right? We're gonna oh, have to yes. deal with all of it. And, 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 but, but it's just not the same as it was in 2016 or in 2020 and or in 2018. It is just not the same vibe anymore. And now I'm much more concerned about DeSantis, obviously, for all those reasons. Mm-hmm. And who knows what ends up happening. But I think that, you know, the major story that came that was coming out of the news, um, you know, they have their their uh, sort of the, their narratives that they are forming. And I think that one yeah. of the biggest narratives that, that came out, and I think is I think is true, is the role that Gen Z played in yes. all of this, right? And mm-hmm. one of the arguments that I've been making to anyone who could listen, who will listen, uh, which isn't many people, obviously, <laughs> but nevertheless, <laughs> people who, <laughs> but to the extent that people are prepared to hear what I have to say, um, um, uh, or are looking for something to do, they, Gen Z and to a lesser extent, um, uh, Gen Y, the millennials, and I am a very, very old millennial, like right on the cusp, Oregon Trail generation, I think. Mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. again, that doesn't really exist. So um, technically, I'm a, I'm a millennial right on the border there. But, uh, you know, Gen Z, and especially Gen Z, but also Gen Y graduated in right into the into the Great Recession, right? Like the entire our entire working careers, our entire lives have been characterized by just chaos at best, chaos at best. People are doing active shooter drills in school, Gen Z, right? Um, I graduated law school directly into the Great Recession. I have seen nothing but an employer-dominated environment for my entire career, right? Um, uh, people couldn't get jobs. Student loan crisis, right? Um, absolute, like literally the rise of neo-fascism, right? The removal of abortion rights. Like this is what they have, gra- they, they have graduated into and grown up in an environment that is so hostile to their, uh, to their well-being. Whereas Gen Y, I'm sorry, uh, Gen X, and especially the baby boomers were born basically into prosperity, right? They've had prosperity for most of, and so- my argument is that 
like the greatest generation, the generation that fought World War II, that grew up during the the Great uh, Depression, Gen Y and Gen Z, they know what it's like to not have stuff, right? They know what it's like to suffer. They know what it's like when the government's not working for them. They know what it's like to have to really sacrifice and not be able to have to buy that house, to be able to put your kids through college, to feel secure. And I think that because of that, that is going to shape the way they vote for the rest of their lives. It's going to shape the who they are for the rest of their lives. And Thank God, when especially when 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 the younger Gen Xers and the older millennials start to take over the, the reins of power, hopefully we will start to see a, the pendulum swing. It is so far to the right right now, a little bit more back to the left. So that is my spiel. I know I was talking for a minute for quite a minute there, but <laughs> but I've been thinking about this a lot. So um, I think that's why we're here. <laughs> right. That's literally what we're doing. Here. <laughs> um, go ahead, Liz. What do you think? Like, how are you feeling about all this? Oh man, I well first of all, I'm I I found out that I'm technically generation X. I'm like right at the I'm 1979 and I whatever it was that I was looking at said Gen X ends it or uh, what is it? Millennials are like 1981 up or something like that. Um so yeah, I do feel like there's like the late 70s early 80s is this weird kind of in between because we grew up with it was like you know, we grew up without cell phones or internet, but then when we were sort of like college age, that stuff came around. So I don't, so when I graduated from college, it was like, I actually took a year off after high school. So I graduated college the same year as someone born in 1980 would have graduated. So all of my friends who I went to high school with, who graduated the year before me from college, well, it felt like they all graduated with job offers in hand, like that they had gotten months before graduation with like starting bonuses and guaranteed um, income levels. And when I graduated, it had all crashed, like nobody could find a job. It was that quick that it happened. And I think you're dead on with the... Um, the observation about the difference in the generation in terms of like what you grew up with. When you think about it, kids who grew up in the 80s, we didn't experience uh, wars. <laughs> like we, you know, we, we were really, I mean, there was certainly turmoil, there was stuff going on, but like it, it was a rich, prosperous country, right? But I also, I like what you're saying about how this feels and I'm scared to say it, but it feels sort of like the end of the Trump era because of the way people responded to his announcement. I mean, there are other factors, but this was something that really stuck out to me. And Rupert Murdoch, like, dragging him in the headlines. Apparently, I we can fact check this later, but there was, <laughs> uh, I forget which, which newspaper it was, but I think it was a Murdoch newspaper. They didn't even, like, put an announcement on the front page about Trump running. They said... On the bottom, Florida man makes announcement. <laughs> so great. So great. This is the New York Post. It's amazing. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just makes me so... I'm, I'm having a man. Little... I mean, Florida. That, is, that is a drag. He is dragging that in. <laughs> There's some real... Okay, I'm going to... How do you say this word? Shoot. Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude. Uh, Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. That's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you say it, really. That's sort of no, what I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Unless you know you're what German. I mean, then you'll know how to say it. Right. Um, but I'm enjoying 
that he's being abandoned by a lot of people. I mean, you know, when Tucker Carlson abandons him, <laughs> then we can really talk because there's certainly part of me that's like, nobody thought he would be elected in 2016. Everyone thought he was a moron and yet he did. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it, I do feel like politics has changed so dramatically since he was elected. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was sort of like a real indication of that or a cause of that. I don't know why, but since 2016, you know, you look at like pollsters or people who pundits who want to make predictions. He showed us that we can't predict that, right? We it's all the traditional like politics rules are kind of going out the window. And with every election since 2016, it's become more and more like that. And so, I mean, even things like the fact that Biden's approval rating is so low right now, and yet he we kept the Senate and we kept a lot of seats in the House, too. So it's like, this is not what typically happens in a midterm year for the party who is not in power. For the party who is in power, they usually lose a lot of seats in the midterms, right? Especially when the president has a low approval rating. So the fact that he didn't, it just goes against all of these sort of things, these classic political like certainties, you know, the rules, quote unquote. Mm. Um, and that, to me, is another indication that things are shifting. And I think that goes hand in hand with what you're saying about the next generation coming up and voting. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, even if the Trump era is not over, we know we're going to have to deal with Trump. And if Trump is popular, the entire uh, Republican establishment will get in line behind him, just like they always do. Of course, um, of course. But, but, but still, all those MAGA candidates lost. And most importantly, those secretaries of state that were going to hand the election to him, they lost. And that means and they lost even in conservative states. Right. So it's like they're like the anti-democracy fascism that that the sliding into autocracy. That was my number one fear. Right. That was my mm -hmm. number. That's what I went to bed worried about every day. Right. Like. That seems way less likely. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have terrible candidates. It doesn't mean DeSantis doesn't win and start this whole process over again. Right. But for now, democracy is reasonably safe. And like you've said, and what and how the pundits have been talking about this as well, is that young people, everybody, put aside inflation, put aside all those indicators and said, you know, no, 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 no. First things first. Let's literally save democracy. Yeah. Right? Well, I think they looked at the candidates and they were like, I mean, I'm Republican, but that person is fucking batshit. So <laughs> like a lunatic. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it, that's that's an excellent point that having the secretaries of state and governors who were election deniers, mm -hmm. Carrie Lake, um, exactly. lose is a huge step towards saving our democracy huge step and it doesn't mean that it's over and no, that's no. sort of you know it's a this is fight will go on literally for the rest of our lives we have to vote blue no matter who for literally the rest of our lives to even get close to saving yeah. the saving we this, just but stemmed like, the bleeding exactly yeah we did not solve the problem right no. like you know we just say one of the wounds have been covered but there's many mm -hmm. other ones right um I want to talk to you too specifically about uh, Pelosi as well, because since we've been talking uh, in like in the last like several hours, Pelosi has 
said that she is done, right? That at least in, in terms of leadership, she's 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 not going to be the minority leader in 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 the house anymore. And you and I were talking a little bit before we started. Um what do you think what what's the significance of that? Like what do you like how does that I don't know, how do you react to that? I mean, Pelosi has gotten a lot of hate, obviously from Republicans, but even from her own party and I've always kind of been annoyed by that. <laughs> um, I mean, nobody's perfect, but I just feel like women are held to this standard that is unreasonable and unfair. And this woman is a force of nature. The, kind, the stuff that she has had to put up with. I guarantee like the onslaught of bullshit she has withstood in her career. We have no idea. We cannot conceive of it. And yet she is there. She is poised. She she says what needs to be said, but she's always professional. <laughs> um, and I love that with Trump, like she she was able to kind of like make it clear what she thought without actually stooping to his level do you know what i mean like some mm -hmm. of her facial expressions or the, her little like one-offs um but i think she was i mean thank god we had her and schumer during all the tr the trump years and it just felt like there were mom and dad were here the adults were in the room and they could stand up to him <laughs> and obviously it was an uphill battle but i feel like it was uh we were really i feel like we 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 were very lucky to have her and good yeah. for her for taking taking a step down now and taking care of herself i i totally agree with everything you just said and sh her and schumer were dealt a really shitty hand of cards in 2016 i mean as shitty as it gets right like you lose they've they've lost everything they lost everything right the only thing they had was the popular vote as so as sort of a mandate or an anti-mandate for trump right that was the best thing they had slim and 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 serious minorities in both houses but thank god that they were there and particularly it was really pelosi right she was the mm -hmm. face of this thing um schumer was around right but she was the powerful face of the resistance right people wanted to get rid of her oh we need somebody younger that's why we lost right da, da, da. and she and um you know but she stayed and she and we needed somebody who has been in washington forever who knows the ropes who knows how to play a shitty hand who knows exactly how to play a shitty hand and she played it masterfully and there is no one else i would rather have had at the on the rain at the reins behind the reins holding the reins um, yeah. uh, <laughs> um something having to do with the reins um <laughs> during the trump era and i think a part of her, the my sense that the Trump era has is is why is waning, if not closing, is the sense that she feels comfortable mm. uh, stepping down, right? Mm -hmm. That she has done her work. She has preserved democracy, right? She has whipped the her caucus together and held us together through some of the hardest, hardest years that that the the, the nation has ever faced, that literally the nation has ever faced, right? Um and right, and to get to the point of her spectacularity, I'm just making up words now as I go along, mm -hmm. um, 
is I, 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 you know, as I leave my job now and go to a new job, there are some women there that are that that used to be partners at law firms. I've worked with a lot of women uh, partners women who are partners at law firms. And if you are at the end of your career and you're a woman, that means let's say you are around 60 years old, right? That means you were a young associate in the like the 80s and the 70s. And I just can't imagine. I mean, I was a young associate at a big law firm in New York and it is really hard environment. Like that is a hard environment. I saw all kinds of stuff that just whatever. It's just not great stuff. And to be a woman in that environment, to survive in that environment and thrive in that environment, all in my in my estimation, just like I feel as though I stand on the shoulders of the black folks that came before me, right? They are why I'm able to do the kind of stuff that I do. They walked into the gunfire for mm. me, right? Now, Pelosi, I believe, and the women of that generation absolutely did that for the women who I who I now I'm seeing my friends who are becoming partners of law firms, just amazing, smart, talented women who I'm just like hat off because like I'm just not that kind of a guy person. Um, but it's just amazing. I, I have so much respect for that woman and her amazing her. I mean, she just looks on point all the time with her banging ass heels <laughs> and her and her sick outfits that are just like on point and she looks so sharp and just such a contrast to Trump with his stupid suits and his long tie and his ridiculous hair i mean just and the, just just the she is really just a force of nature like you said and i i you know we all owe her a debt of gratitude yeah we really do and people need to fucking lay off her especially democrats oh my god I have no Absolutely. patience for that. I have no nope. patience for that at all. <sighs> anyway, well, that was great. Yes. Yay, Nancy. <laughs> um, so it feels like when it comes to progress, every step forward is followed by a half step or sometimes two or three steps back. Like Obama, you know, followed by mm -hmm. Trump. Complete. Uh, what was that called? A white lash. Um, mm hmm. Marriage equality and affordable health care, followed by the overturning of Roe, the legislated abuse of trans kids, a conservative Supreme Court that's threatening to continue to gut our fundamental rights. The more liberal our society becomes, the more intense the push back towards theocracy. So let's talk about how we can keep going, how we can keep pushing forward in the face of this, which is so often heartbreaking right like what is the value of hope and how do we maintain the hope yeah that's important i think and um you know my my i think that perspective is super important right the i i talk about this a lot and i get ragged on it a lot because if you know but it's a the martin luther king followed by obama quote basically is like right the arc of of history or arc of justice and progress is long but it bends towards justice or whatever and i think that it it doesn't mean that we don't have to fight we absolutely have to fight but i think it's important to maintain perspective on sort of where we are on the continuum of human progress right um i believe and maybe i am hopelessly optimistic i really am i am an obama democrat in that way um, I do think that assuming that we literally are, you know, we, our civilization doesn't literally destroy itself, which is very, very possible. That is on the table. Definitely. Literally the planet, et cetera. That is very, very possible. But, um, as long as that doesn't happen, 
right? People will continue to fight to get freer. I think that is inevitable. And I think that when we, if we can maintain uh, our perspective, right? So realize where we fit in the trajectory of that practice, of that progress, right? Um, and sometimes you said, sometimes, like you said, that progress means going backwards for quite some time, right? There was literally the dark ages, right? We went, I mean, like hundreds of years, right? We went backwards for a while, but you can go forward again. And um, I think that we can work to sort of move the needle forward in, in, in little by little in the ways that we can. And I think maintaining hope ends up being a really critical part of that. Um, and that's what I love about this podcast, I think, is that... Um, is that we are really, I think we really do try to focus on what there is to celebrate. And I think that's really important. And I also think it's about community, right? Regardless of whether we're losing, winning or losing, at the end of our last podcast, you and I said, right, that even if we lose on Tuesday, and right, this was before the, before the election, even if we lose on Tuesday, we will find a way as people just to live in the new reality and survive and fight back in that new reality, right? So regardless of winning or losing, um, the community that we find here is, I think, how we, we, we survive, well, how we fight back, how we continue to move forward. And I think that is, you know, it's not a really satisfying answer because it really just means maintain perspective and maintain community but i think that's that's the whole thing and, th and then figuring out what little thing you can do in the in in the meantime yeah yeah and and i know you think you say it's not a satisfying answer but to me it it's satisfying in that it's something that is attainable it's it's manageable and you can say like in a real way how can i grow my community become involved in my community develop a community and to know that that will be serving the greater good, right? Right. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, every generation evolves a little bit, even if it doesn't, it, it, it's always feels too slow, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there are always racists and bigots and people who buy into our systems um, and all that baked in misogyny and racism and homophobia, they... They don't question it or don't see it, but it's always been the case that each new generation pushes against the norms that they're born into, right? It's the prime directive of every teen and 20-something to rail against like the old people. Thank God for that, because what that means is every generation without fail sheds just a little bit of what's not working for us, a little bit mm -hmm. of what's actually harming us, right? Um, so that's what gives me hope. And when you look at this election, right, like talk about a new generation of voters. I looked some stuff up because I was thinking mm. about this. So did you know that one in eight of the voters for these, this midterm election were under 30? More than half of them supported Democrats. And they vote on the issues. It's the only reason it wasn't like 100% voting for Democrats because they vote on things like gun control, climate crisis issues, they vote on, you know, abortion access, um, universal health care. So they are less concerned with party lines and more concerned with voting on the issues. Right. And by 2024, 
Gen Zs and millennials will become the biggest voting block in America. Right? So when I heard that, I th this weight lifted off of my mm -hmm. shoulders because this is my terror about 2024 is Trump winning or DeSantis winning, God forbid. Oh, God forbid. And I mean, we've touched on this, but like as horrible as Trump is, in a lot of ways, DeSantis is worse because he's like Trump, but with like a spoonful of sugar. That's exactly right. Well, that's a great so, way to put it. Or like, as I think reductress posted the they're like the the, the more successful fascist um <laughs> i shouldn't laugh it's fucked up but it's true <laughs> but it's true so but anyway so i read this statistic so it in the early 80s that was when boomers became the biggest voting block um they overcame the quote unquote greatest generation and became the biggest voting block so you know obviously since then like in in 2020 it was like it was kind of 50-50 um, in terms of numbers, but the older generations came out to vote more. So the projection is by 2024, they will actually be, there will be more of them voting than any of the older generations. And that That's gives hope. me so much hope. That's, <laughs> That's hope, Liz. That's <laughs> hope. That is like the uh -huh. biggest spoonful of hope I've gotten in quite some time. Yeah. I loved that. It made me very happy. Um, I mean, you look at like people like Maxwell Frost, who is 25 years old and one seat in Florida in the 10th district. Like he got he came up. He he came up um, working with March for Our Lives. So that's like these are the people who are getting into politics now. Right. These are the people who are going to be fucking voting. So that gives me hope. And that's one of the ways I maintain hope. <laughs> and the other way is that I have kids mm. and I am going to be part of that growth pattern of society where I am raising progressive children, right? They have parents who are actively challenging racism and sexism and all the isms, right? We challenge the expectations of gender. We have open conversations with our kids about these things. I have a poster of Gloria Steinem in the living room, like... We have a poster of Breonna Taylor in our living room. Like they are exposed to this kind of stuff and it's just normal for them. So on my bad days too, I think about when I'm just like on this hamster wheel of parenting, I remember like, oh yeah, no, I'm actually like contributing something positive to society also. So that gives me hope too. That's so awesome. And um, I really, that was all so empowering. That's really empowering, especially, you know, the young people and the kids. I mean, I am, I think that is so amazing because, you know, you we, we talk about what I keep coming back to is we don't have to run out there and change the world. We can't expect our, I mean, I am not extraordinary, right? Like there are some people out there that are like Stacey Abrams, even though she lost mm. very sad, terrifying, yes. awful, awful loss. But like, yeah, we, she's we forgot to touch on that. Yeah, she's exceptional, she's right? There are some so... exceptional people out there. I am just Christoph Defoe and my little life. And but what can we do? Right. And, and, and um, like, what you're talking about there is exactly what I would encourage people to do is like raise progressive kids, right? Mm. Be a progressive person in your circle, in your yeah. family, be the person, the voice, the tireless voice of 
for for the people a, a tireless representative of right. Because you don't who, even have to be a parent. You it no. can be you can be that for children in your life, for young people in your life. You know, if exactly. you have, like, if you know a teenager who who is into these things and interested in politics, you can like help them to cultivate that. There are so many things that you can do. So many things you can do. And right, I had you know in your friend group, um, mm -hmm. when you go where you know, be the person who brings up the politics. Be the person who makes it uncomfortable and points it out when it's like, oh, well, did you think about that, how this affects these people? Because I sure did, you know, and then everyone's like, oh, but then they're like, oh, right. Yeah. And it's like, and I think that's the kind of thing that we can do day in, day out. That is what we little people right can contribute to this movement in a way that is meaningful in a way that's consistent in a way that is actually practical right that doesn't require me to i mean i can also do poll watching i can also do all those things and i should do those things but i think what can i do every day i think that's yeah. how what we can do every day and i think that's what we talk about a lot on this show and i think that is you know, that is what I try. We try to communicate in our online community as small as that is, but it is growing. And there are people that keep coming back. And I appreciate you out mm -hmm. there, by the way, who I talk to all the time. This, you know, um, I think that's yes. what we got to keep doing. We you know? see you. Yeah. 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 But Stacey Abrams, uh, let me just say hashtag next president. That's all mm -hmm. I'm going to say. I will vote for go. her one day. Exactly. You know what? If Stacey Abrams ever runs for president, I will get my citizenship so that I can vote for her. She is. That's my pledge to you. <laughs> there you go. I, I love that. I love that. Um, I just, yeah, Stacey Abrams, that loss is so hard. It but is. She, but you just, but you know, I take hope in the fact that she is inevitably going to do something great. She's she just, is just, you, you know, she is. I mean, obviously. I mean, I mean she already <laughs> has. She, yes. She's the reason that Ossoff and Warnock won. Exactly. She's the reason. She's, she's the been reason. working on voter suppression laws. And she's amazing. She will do it. She'll do something. And but my, my, my fear with her, and sorry, we're devolving a bit, but just real quick with her and Beto, those were the two that really hurt my heart. Mm -hmm. And I know, especially, I know they were both long shots, but with both of those people, my fear is that they will stop because mm -hmm. they've been defeated so many times and they are so great and such shining lights and they are meant to do this. And I just hope that they keep going. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, fair enough. Even just forcing Republicans to spend money down there, right, to defend, mm -hmm. right, that is, that is important. Yeah. Um, but losing over and over again is really hard, um, even on people who are obviously tough. I mean, to run a campaign like that, knowing the odds, you have to yeah. be tough. Tough as but nails. Look how but close still. they both came in, know. you know, in freaking Texas. Texas, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He gave them a run for their Ugh, money in Texas. That's really remarkable. Did. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you have any final comments for us before we go? Just everybody out there, uh, celebrate the win. Um, it is, even though we lost this, the lost the house, we should, we, we expected that. Um, and we, uh, we, we, as a progressive block did something very, very special, um, this last week. And, um, I think that we are seeing the beginning of the, the very beginning, but the beginning of the end of this 
horrible swing to the right that we've been experiencing for the last like 30 years. And I think that we at the beginning, very beginning of the end. So yes. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, if you like our show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays on all the major podcast channels. Please connect with us on social media because we love you and we want to talk to you. Until next time, please care for each other. Share your experience, strength, and hope with each other and the people you love. <laughs>